the question that we're going to be dealing with today, uh, it's an important one. I think it's some, a theme that's central to the Bible. And I think it's very personal to all of us. How do we handle areas of our life that are dying? You know, in the Bible, we look, and the theme of life and death is throughout the Bible. Right? Jesus said, I came that I should give them life and life to the full. Life and death, if you look, is throughout the entire Bible. Also in John chapter 10, verses 10, we see something about the enemy. Let's read it together if we don't mind on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So the first we read is that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We associate the, the thief with the enemy. So the enemy has an intention to destroy. And if we look in the world today, we recognize the enemy is winning in many ways. I don't know if y'all have been keeping up with the news and y'all have seen kind of the destruction that's happening right now, but there's a lot of killing happening right now. You know the saddest part of it? Little kids who are being killed in those things. I don't know if you see like videos people post of like kids getting pulled out of the rubble. That's not how the world was meant to be. So to me, it's sad, the idea that death happens. Death happens in this world, and that's not God's intention. But let me actually offer another text, actually, real quick. John chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, and it said, The woman said to the serpent, You may eat from the trees in the garden, but God, didn't say, but God did say, You must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. So what would happen if they ate from the tree in the garden? What did God tell them? They would they would die. So, and when I saw in the text when they read from when they ate from the apple, I thought literally they would eat and they would fall over. That was what I always thought, and that always bothered me. Why didn't they? Do y'all have any thoughts to that? Why didn't they, when they ate the tree or the fruit from the tree, fall over and die? And that kind of gets where I'm getting. They were on the process towards death, right? It's the slow death that was coming. They had, there was a spiritual death, but also they were moving towards death. So we think, right, there are parts of us that are moving towards death. Very honestly, our human bodies, from the day that we're born, we're moving towards death. You realize this, as you get into your 30s, I'm sure my parents understand they're in their 60s now, but as you get older, things just start to hurt more. Can you all agree with me? So our bodies are dying. But you also recognize there's parts of us that are also dying. And what I want to consider today is how do we salvage some of those areas that could be dying to bring it back to life? We look at some of the ideas of relationships. You know, the hardest thing is, like, no one goes into a marriage to divorce. Can you all agree with me? But one day, sometimes people open their eyes and they're like, I don't love this person anymore, and they want to get a divorce. But what had happened? There was a slow death that was happening every day. It started with them not valuing each other. It started with them not spending time. And as time went on, they died, fully died. Can you all agree with me? And that maybe you're not married, but it's like even our friendship that friendships can have death. Spiritual gifts. I look at some people and I recognize some people are so anointed with giftings. And they don't exercise their gift, and guess what happens? Those gifts die. I especially look at our generation. 
we were people that grew up in the church. We got to act like there was so much space for us to exercise our gift. And then at a certain point, we're like, I don't really care. And we go to these big churches and we just hide. And these gifts inside of us die. I look at people, they're like great worship leaders. There's people who could be great singers. Different parts of us that God has given to us that are dying. And last but not least, our spiritual life. The saddest is when people are slowly dying in their spiritual life. Like they may be going to church and doing all of the right things, but daily they're dying. So the question becomes, how do we handle those things? Those things that don't need to die, how do we bring them back to life? Because here's how the enemy works. You know, think about it. If someone came here with a gun right now, ready to shoot, what are we doing? Shoot, I'm ready to fight. You know, that's what I always thought. Like, I'm not going down without a fight. But if someone leaks poison gas into here, guess what? We don't even recognize what's happening. The slow death is always worse than the death that you see coming on. Worse meaning you can't even do anything about it. There's a story of a frog, right? So there, there's someone put boiling water and they tried to put the frog in the boiling water and guess what? It jumped out. Because it doesn't want, once it touched the water, it jumped. But the way you cook a frog, they say, is you put the, the, the frog in the water and then turn the heat on. And slowly it dies because it doesn't recognize that the death is happening. This is how the enemy works. Many of us are just living, but parts of us are dying. You have to come to terms with that. How do I salvage these parts of me that don't need to die? This is an important question for you and your future. And I'll end by saying this. You know why I know people are dying? I look at the eyes. When I look at somebody's eyes, you know, you look at a kid, like I look at Zion, he's so vibrant, so full of life. And as time goes on, we become teenagers and 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds, and there's just some sadness. Like people's eyes just look like they are dead even though they're alive. So I ask you today, because this is an important question, especially when dealing with people, I look at students sometimes and I think, man, you are dead even though you're alive. So I ask the question, how do we handle areas of our life that are dying? And I didn't encompass all areas, but I wanted us to think about that together. I really do feel like God has a word for us today. So we're dealing with the question, how do we handle areas of our life that are dying? I think it's an essential question. Think about all of the areas, and, and I want you to consider areas of your own personal life that you may be considering right now that may be dying. So we're going to look at a story from the text. We already read it, but um, it's Mark chapter 5, verse 24 to 34, and it's the story of the woman with the issue with blood. So this story is one that I think, this woman is a boss in my opinion. I think she has gone through a lot in her lifetime. And so I'm not going to read it again. But if y'all have seen The Chosen, they do a representation of her that's really good. So y'all should watch that episode because I think it's really powerful. And you begin to think, you know, why I bring her up. But I think she understood the process of dying. So she had an issue for 12 years. Can you imagine that, having an issue? She had the issue of blood where she was bleeding constantly for 12 years. Think about that. Like if I have some sort of ailment for a day, I'm out. I'm out of commission. If I, my head is hurting, I'm like, please let this day be over. Now imagine that same thing that's weakening your body every day for a year. 
and then every day for the next year, and every day for the third and the fourth. And at some point, you have to just be like, man, that's too much. Can you agree with me? This woman for 12 years, for 12 years suffered this. So you think that's like even her identify her became her issue, right? All she could think about was probably that. You know, during that time, if you were bleeding, you were considered unclean. So for 12 years, society considered her unclean. She was not even worth anything. Like in the show, they did a good job of showing this where, you know, her parents disowned her. They didn't want anything to do with her because you can't marry her off. So they were just like, don't, we don't want anything to do with you. You know, and so even in society, so like she, like to make money, she would go to people in the show, and I like their depiction of it, and she would ask them, can I wash your clothes? And as she would get their clothes from them, sometimes blood would leak. And she had all these bandages on her to try to stop it, but she would bleed so much that it would fall on her sandal. And somebody would see it. And you know what they were supposed to do during that time? If you saw blood bleeding from a woman, you would cry out, unclean, unclean. You would scream it out, and just that would preserve you. Think about that. Every day society looked at you and said, you're worth nothing. We, we don't want anything to do with you. So if it makes me recognize, if someone understood dying, this woman understood dying in many areas of her life. Her physical body was dying. Her reputation was dying. Her society, where the way people viewed her in society was dying. And the one thing the enemy likes to do when we are, I think when we're going through those situations, is the enemy wants to make us hopeless. He wants to make us look at our situation and think, I'm done. But I want to encourage you today. This is where my message started. It is never done. If God is involved in your situation, when the enemy says, period, God puts a comma. He wants to say, it's not finished. And I need you to recognize that for your life. She recognized that. It's not finished. Jesus is there. I am able to overcome. So what I recognize, there was two things that I see from her that I really appreciated, that I think she held on to hope in the midst of this situation that was so bad, she held on to hope. The first thing I think she did is that she gave her effort towards restoring life. You know, we... I have a picture of here. What is the guy doing? Pushing a rock up. I think many times we make Christian life into this thing where we sit somewhere, we pray, and something magical is going to happen. There are human components in spiritual life. I need you to hear that. There are human components. Our effort and our self is needed. You see this woman, what what did she do? She had, in verse 26, is that she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. So the first thing I recognized from her is that she gave the best of herself. If you want to bring life back into situations that you have, there are some things that you just have to put effort in. You have to recognize the problem and do something about it. You look in scripture, right? So one of the coolest stories is David and Goliath. What a wonderful moment where this kid defeats a giant. Can you all agree with me? It's an amazing, I would say, spiritual story. But where did it start? 
It started with David in the fields with the sheep, right? When he was in the fields with the sheep, he was faithful. He killed a bear. He killed a lion. And so because he was faithful in day-to-day -day things, when the spiritual moment came, he was able to overcome. We look at the idea of Moses. What is Moses doing in this story? Splitting the sea. So with the rod, he split the sea. Can you all agree with me? But what was Moses doing for 40 years in the wilderness? He was watching sheep. And he was faithful for 40 years with the same rod. So what you learn is that we are involved in the process of bringing life back. You can't take yourself out of it. So say you have depression or something. If you're going through mental anxiety, maybe you need to sit and journal. Those parts of me are a part of the process of breakthrough. If a relationship is dying, you may literally have to pick up a phone and call someone and say, hey, I'm sorry about what I did, and you have to be the one that takes steps. Areas of your life that are dying need your involvement. If your spiritual life is dying, you may need to genuinely sit down and say, okay, I need time to spend with God. And you might need to make a plan and make it intentional that I'm going to follow the plan. You are involved in the process. I'll give you an example of this. And this is also part of where my message came from. So if you'll if notice, I haven't been posting as much the questions throughout the weeks. And, you know, a part of me is like, man, is that just dying, you know, on Instagram? Because I was like, what does it matter if I post? And a part of you is like, man, is that part dying? But then I thought to myself, okay, why did I stop? You know, you know why I stopped? I was literally having uh, coffee with one of my friends, and he was telling me, hey, Sam, you know, I was asking him, what do you think about the post? Because I, I appreciate his reflections. And he was like, you know, I like it, but I, would, like, I thought you were going to show your face more. Like, I would just put the post and just ask. And so I was like, oh, wow. And literally his words were enough to rattle me. It made me be like, man, I'm not doing a good job. Like, it was almost like I wanted people to like what I did. And when they didn't, I was like, I'm just not going to do it anymore. So I recognized that about myself. And so this week I was like, I just got to do it. I, as a human being, I have to learn something about myself, the areas of death. I have to recognize it. And I need to do something about it. So I just posted. And guess what? It's up there. And guess what? We had like 60 likes, which again, like we don't look at numbers. That's not the point. But people are engaging with it, which I think is great. So sometimes for things to change, sometimes in our life, for things that are dying to change, we have to change. You have to do something in the process of the better. For this woman, she gave all of her resources. So I ask you a question. What are things that I can do to bring life into my situation? Think about areas of your life right now that maybe have death and think, what can I do to bring some life back into those situations? So what are things that I can do to bring life into my situation? Like I said, for me personally, let me give you one. I've realized in my mind, I have to stop being a people pleaser. I am literally too much of a people pleaser that I just need to do something to break that, genuinely. So I have to learn something about me. I have to reflect for change to happen. Let me give you the second point, and I'm done for the day. So here's the second point. Um, she put her faith in Jesus to restore life. So one of the things that you recognize 
is that um, sometimes in our life, we'll put our human effort and things change, right? Like I said, for my situation, all I needed was just a little bit of me getting over myself and the situation changed. But sometimes you'll put all of the effort and hope and energy into your life and things may not change. You may do everything and things do not change at all. And that's the most frustrating. Look at this lady. She literally gave everything she had. She gave her resources. She gave her effort. And in the midst of that, nothing got better. I think what you learned, though, is when she gave her effort, in that moment was when she began to really put her effort in God. See, once you come to the end of your rope, you can finally then start to put your, your trust fully in God. I'm going to say a story about this that I really appreciated. Um, and then I'll, I'll conclude. So um, yesterday I was at the nursing home and we were doing the ministry. I don't know if I even told you about this. So we, yesterday, like, when we go to the nursing home, we just pray for them, we sing with them, and I share a word. And so one of the songs I sang yesterday was, Oh, How I Love Jesus, which is why I sang it today. And so one of the ladies in the back was singing it hardcore. You could hear her singing. Like, she really liked it. During my message, I was watching. She was watching the entire time, paying attention. After the service, I went and talked to her. And I asked her, like, just, I, I, I didn't think anything more of it. I just was talking to her. And she was like, thank you so much for singing those old songs. Like, I really appreciated it. And I was like, why? Like, anything in particular? And she said, honestly, I want to share a story with you. So she said, when she was six years old, her mom left her. And she, the mom came back on that particular day. And so while, um, when she came back that day, the girl was like, Mom, Mommy, take me. And the, and the mom said, I don't want you. And so the daughter went and sat on the porch by herself, and she said she remembers crying out to God, or just crying. She didn't say to God, but she was crying, and she said, nobody loves me, nobody loves me. And she was just crying. And she said as she was saying that, um, she just felt an encompassing spirit come around her and hold her. And genuinely, it was the song meant something to her because it was, I love him because she first loved me. But it's interesting. I bring that up because she had no means of better. That girl had nothing else she could do. And in that moment when she cried out, God moved. And one thing you learn is that when we come to the end of ourselves, when we come to the end of our methods and look to God, we say, God, I need you. I can't do this. I need you. See, but you'll never get to that till you fully run out of your own ideas. When you have your ideas, you're going to go with your ideas. Oh, this is what's going to make me happy. This is what's going to work on my time. God wants you to say, okay, none of my things work. God, I need you. And so you see this woman who looks to Jesus and says, I need you. I can't do this without you. And you see, in the text, what she did was she said, if I can just get the hem of his garment, the tassels. Nowhere in the scriptures before had we seen someone get a healing through the sides of a garment. But the woman had faith. So I want to encourage you today, if there's any part of you that's dying or dead, you have to have full faith in Jesus. You have to look at him and say, I can't do this. Try your ways, and if they fail, there may be an indication that he wants you to, to trust him 
and to look to Him. And like the woman, man, if you're willing to, if you're willing to look to Him and to make Him everything and say, God, I need you, there was an instantaneous healing. God is able to shift our situations in a moment. He's able to take our situations that are dead and bring them back to life. Do you know who our God is? But it takes you clinging to Him. And so I want to invite you today that if there are areas that are dead, that maybe you've tried and you're like, I don't know what else to do, cling to Him. And that's no, there's no one answer to that. There's no one formula to that. Your clinging to Him will be unique. Just like for this woman, she clung and just held on to the towel and said, if I can just touch the hem of His garment, I will be healed. You have to figure out what that means for you. You have to look to God and say, God, I need you. I need you to work on behalf of me. So I invite, I invite those listening online and I invite those here. If you have an area of death in your life that you feel like, I don't know what else to do. I've tried. I am addicted to this, Sam, and I don't know what else to do. I've tried everything. I've talked to some of my friends who are addicted to pornography. They've tried everything. And I tell them, at this point, you just cling to God. Cling to God and say, God, I need your help from this right now. And maybe there's death in a relationship or there's some death in any area. You look to God and say, God, I need you. Well, that's your responsibility today. Because here's the crazy part. There was a crowd of people walking by Jesus. But one person got a healing. One. Why? Why shouldn't all of them be healed? Because I recognize something about God. When you need something of God, He's ready to give. But if you're okay with everything else, He's okay with that too. When you need something from God, you will find a healing. But I learned that till you've run out of your own resources, Till you run out of your ways, you'll just keep going to your ways. Which a part of me recognizes the woman had to grow through that before she really trusted God. So start. Start the process of living by considering today, what are areas, God, that I need to change, that I need to bring back to life? Man, there are parts that I need to get rid of, that I need to bring to life. And I want to encourage that for you. You have to think for yourself. Find the areas. And like I said, we learn from the woman. We learn that first, you have to start working towards it. You have to just put the effort to say, these areas need to change. I need to do something about it. And then you recognize maybe your effort does nothing. Cling to Him. Cling to the cross and ask Him for life. Ask Him, God, you are the giver of life. And you know what? He's ready to give. But He wants all of you. Just like the woman gave all of herself. Give all of you to Him. So we end where we began with the question, how do you handle areas of death? Listen to God today and ask God, God, what do I need to change? Are there parts of me? Like I said, I'm going to work on my people pleasing. And I know that seems simple, but maybe yours is more deep. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's maybe a gifting that you have that you really need to bring to life. 
listen to God today and walk towards him.